0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم اهدي قلبي قلبي امين رب العالمين so we were doing kitab amal Fis Salah, the book of movements during prayer and we were learning about which kind of movements are permissible and which kind of movements are not permissible. And we learned about the five types of movements and also about speech—that what kind of speech is okay and what kind of speech is not okay. Here, uh, now, inshallah, we'll begin the fourth bab. So here, in bab number four, Imam Bukhari writes, bab من سمى قوما أو سلم في الصلاة على غيره Bad chapter mentions someone, someone calling out a people, meaning during salah he mentions the name of a people, or he sends salam, he sends the greeting, during prayer, on who ala on someone other than himself, meaning on someone else. So during salah, a person mentions the name of a people, or he greets them. He sends salam on them. How? مواجهة While facing them. So literally during prayer, he faces someone and he greets them or he mentions their name, but he does this While he does not know. So he does this out of ignorance. So if he does this out of ignorance, will that break his salah or will his salah be valid? Now here, remember that before we look at the hadith, Remember that if a person were to do something like this out of ignorance, then this would be forgiven. Because remember the hadith of Muawiyah radiallahu anhu where during the salah he spoke and the Prophet wasallam did not ask him to repeat his prayers afterwards. So when he did not ask him to repeat his salah, that means that his salah was valid. And the reason was that Muawiyah radiallahu anhu did not know. So here you see the word, while he does not know, meaning he does this out of ignorance. So if he does it out of ignorance, it would not break his salah. But if he does it deliberately, then of course that would break his salah. One more thing before we look at the hadith, I want you to look at the Bab. You have the words, in some books, this is reported as, so basically there's no ha after the laid. And what that would mean is that he mentions their name or he greets them without facing them. So of course if a person mentioned somebody's name or you know sent salam on them during salah without turning their neck towards them, of course this would not break their prayer. But if he is talking to the person then that would break their prayer. And of course if he's doing it out of ignorance then that would not break the prayer at all. So let's look at the hadith. حدثنا عمر بن عيسى، حدثنا Abu عبد الصمد عبد العزيز بن عبد الصمد، حدثنا حسين بن عبد الرحمن, عن أبي وائل عن عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله عنه. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud رضي الله عنه is narrating the Hadith and he says قال he said that Kunna we used to say the Tahiyya meaning the greeting during prayer meaning we would say assalamu Alaykum to a person. While praying. Wanu me, and we would also mention names. So for example, if somebody's walking and you know and they wanted their attention they would just mention their name, you know, call them. Or during their salah they would mention the name of someone and make dua for them. Wa yusallimu ba'duna ala and we would also greet each other. Meaning during salah we would say salam to each other. فَسَمِعَهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم He heard that فَقَالَ So he said That قُولُ You should say Meaning in your prayer You should say lillahi At Tahiyat, Plural of تَحِيَّة تَحِيَّة is greeting Tahiyat Greetings Lillahi for Allah وَالصَّلَوَاتُ And the prayers وَالطَّيِّبَاتُ And the good things Good words Meaning, greetings, prayers, and good words for Allah. As-salamu ayyuhan peace be on you, O Prophet, wa rahmatullahi, and the mercy of Allah, wa barakatuhu, and his blessings also. as alayna, peace be on us, wa ala ibadillahi salihin, and on all the righteous servants of Allah. And then, Ashhhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa Anna Abduhu wa I bear witness that there is no God worthy of worship but Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi is a servant and his messenger. So the Prophet sallallahu told them to say these words in salah. Instead of listing people's name, talking to them, getting distracted or mentioning or greeting them. So he said, you should say these words. Because indeed you when you do that, meaning when you say these words, then فَقَدْ سَلَّمْتُمْ Then you have greeted عَلَىٰ كُلِّ عَبْدٍ. You have sent the greeting on every servant that Lillahi Salihin. Every servant to Allah who is righteous. Meaning every righteous servant of Allah, you have sent the greeting to them. Whether that servant is فِي السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ In the sky or the earth. Meaning angels, people, all of them. Now, what do we see in this hadith? What we see is that before, earlier on, the companions would say the tahiyya, meaning they would say the salam to each other during their prayer. And then, during their prayer, they would also mention the names of people. Like for example, they would say, Assalamu ala Jibril, Assalamu ala Mikail, As-salamu ala Ayyub. They would mention the names of the prophets, the angels. And then, they would also mention each other's names. نُسَمِّ ba'duna ala ba They would mention each other's names And make dua for each other Now if you were to do that What would happen is that First of all Your dua would become very long Right Because you have to mention Each and every person's name individually You're feeling guilty That you're mentioning some people's names And leaving out other people's names Right And you would be distracted So the Prophet ﷺ He taught them The most jamir Comprehensive words Right And these are the words that we say In tashahud At-tahiyyatu lillahi wa salawat and so the Prophet ﷺ told them to say these words. They're comprehensive and they include all of the believers, right? So Imam Bukhari has brought this hadith over here to show that in these words you say Assalamu alaykum ayuhan Nabi, isn't it? When you say the words of the shahud, you say Assalamu Alaika ayuhan Peace be on you, O Prophet. Now when you say that. Are you facing the Prophet ﷺ? No, you're not. Does he hear you? No, he doesn't. Right? But the salam is conveyed to him. And during the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ, when the sahaba would say these words, the Prophet ﷺ, even if he was sitting next to them, he wouldn't respond to their greeting. Right? He wouldn't. So, they would send the salam without facing him. Right? And it's understood. You know, Muslims from all over the world, when they perform their salah, they say the words of the shahud, and it's understood that the salam is not direct in the sense that you are addressing the Prophet wasallam. So this does not invalidate the prayer. So from this, Imam Bukhari is deriving that if a person were to face someone and greet them out of ignorance, all right, this would not invalidate their prayer because they're doing it out of ignorance. All right? Now, here we see Another benefit another important thing that we can learn from this hadith is that if a person were to remember someone in his salah right like for example you're praying your salah and then you remember your brother right or you remember somebody and you really care about them and you're concerned for them so you say something like assalamu alayka ya fulan right because you're praying your salah and you remember someone and you want the best for them So you make dua for them in salah And you say Assalamu salamu Ya fulan Or you make dua for them Like for example You're really concerned about your brother Abdullah So you say Allahumma hdi Abdullah Or oh, Allah guide Abdullah Right You're worried about your sister Maryam So you say Allahumma hdi Maryam Right In your tashahud you say that You're mentioning your sister's name Your brother's name is that going to break your prayer? No Why? Because Your mentioning their name Does not mean that you're talking to them Just as when you say "Assalamu salamu alayka Does not mean you're talking to the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Right? First of all, you're not facing him And second of all, you're not talking to him So just like that If you were to mention someone's name During salah while you're making du'a for them, as long as you're not facing them, right, and as long as you know in yourself that you're not talking to them, right, this is completely permissible. The reason why Imam Bukhari is alluding to this discussion is because there is this discussion amongst the scholars. Some say, there are some schools of thought that prohibit mentioning anyone's name in salah. Right? They say that during salah, you cannot mention someone's name. Because if you mention their name, you know you're mentioning words of people and you're not allowed to talk you're not allowed to you know say words of people during salah so some scholars did not allow that and others said that it is permissible and that is the correct view because if you see first of all this hadith assalamu or ayuhan right you're not talking to him this is not words of people these are words taught by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and secondly we see that the Prophet ﷺ instructed us to make du'a in tashahud. Right? There is, you know, the hadith of Ibn mas'ud anhu. It's reported in Bukhari that the Prophet ﷺ he said that a person should say the words of tashahud and then let him choose whatever supplications he likes or wishes. So we are actually instructed to make du'a after saying the tashahud before the salam. So it is a time of making dua. So when you're making dua, sometimes you're making dua for yourself, sometimes for your loved ones, right? sometimes for certain individuals, you can mention their names. There's no harm in that. And thirdly, we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he would actually mention people's name in salah when making dua for them. Like for example, there's a hadith in Bukhari. In which we learn Abu Hurair رضي الله عنه He narrated That the Prophet صلى وسلم, He raised his head from Rukur And he said سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَهُ رَبَّنَا وَلَكَ الْحَمْدُ And then he said اللَّهُمَّ أَنْجِلْ وَلِيدَ al الْوَلِيدَ Can you imagine? Well on getting out from Rukur Right? He says the Hamd And then he says اللَّهُمَّ أَنْجِلْ وَلِيدَ al الْوَلِيدَ That oh Allah save Walid ibn Walid ibn Hisham. And save Salama bin Hisham. Wa Abi And save Ayyash ibn Abi Rabi'ah. Min al Mu'minin And save the rest of the oppressed amongst the believers. And then he said, Allahumma shdud wat'aka ala mudar. That O oh Allah, be hard on the tribe of mudar. He's mentioning the name of a people. Waj'alha alayhim sinin ka Yusuf. And let them suffer from famine, just like the years of, Yusuf alayhi meaning the years of famine that the people suffered, which brought them to Yusuf alayhi wasalam. So, the Prophet sallallahu mentioned names of individuals and mentioned names of people when making dua in salah. Likewise, there is another hadith in which we learned the Prophet sallallahu he prayed against certain tribes. He said, O oh Allah, curse Ri'l, Rakwan, Usayyah, who disobeyed Allah and his messenger. And he said this during his salah. So this shows us that If you are making du'a To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right, During your salah And you mention the names of people Right There is no harm in that Mentioning the names of people Does not mean You are talking to people No, you are talking to Who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Right And so this means that You can make du'a In The words that the Prophet ﷺ taught And you can also make du'a in your own words Right? Of course there is a discussion about which language And we discussed that earlier But there is no harm in that You know, Urwa bin Zubayr He said that I ask Allah For all my needs during salah Even for salt So even if he needed salt He would ask for salt in his salah Right? You see the thing is that we find salah hard we find it boring. Why? Because we don't connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during our salah. Right? We just say the same du'as over and over. I'm not saying that those du'as are not meaningful. They are very meaningful. But as a human being, you know, you need some change. You you need some connection. And to have that connection, you need to mention your needs during salah. And this is why the best time to make du'a is actually during salah, before salah, right? In the shahud, even in sajdah. So Urwa bin Zubayr would ask for salt even. Right? So anything that is of concern to you, you know, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those things in sala. Now sometimes what happens is that you don't know how to put it in words. Right? So even in your heart you can say it. And uh, you know, for example, there are so many du'a's the Prophet taught us, like for example, Rabbana Atina. Right? Oh our Lord give us. In the Qur'an we are taught Rabbana Atina. So whatever you need then, Rabbana atina, right, you can just mention that. Or for example, you're making dua for someone else. Allahummahdi, oh Allah guide, you can mention their name. Alright? And this would not invalidate the prayer at all. Imam al-Nawawi, he said that it is permissible to say dua in salah for that which it is permissible to ask for outside of salah. Meaning if you can pray for something outside of salah, that means you can pray for the same thing. During salah also, whether it is of religious or worldly matters. So he said, and now we said, so one may say, O oh Allah, bless me with good earnings. Bless me with a child, bless me with a house, bless me with a beautiful spouse, right? Oh Allah, set so and so free, or destroy so and so, or the like. And he said that by this, the prayer is not invalidated at all. So this is one thing that we learn from this hadith. Another important thing I want you to notice in this hadith is the last part of the hadith where the Prophet sallallahu he said that فَإِنَّكُمْ إِذَا فَعَلْتُمْ ذَلِكْ فَقَدْ سَلَّمْتُمْ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ عَبْدٍ لِلَّهِ صَالِحٍ When you say Peace be on us and on all of the righteous servants of Allah you are sending salam on all Righteous servants of Allah Whether they live in the sky Or they live in the earth Right This is so big You see Anytime Any person is praying And they say that the shahud You are technically Included in their dua They prayed for you Right So sometimes you know Our concern is that We keep telling people Please make dua for me Please make dua for me Please make dua for me Remember me in your prayers and then sometimes people request you and you know, if you have a gathering of people that can you please announce that everybody should make du'a for me? Can you please request that everybody should make du'a for my family? Right? We don't need to make such requests. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already taken care of this. Because it's prescribed for every Muslim to say these words in salah. So when they say, Assalamu alayna, peace be on us. And upon all of Allah's righteous servants, inshaAllah, inshallah, May Allah make us all amongst the righteous, we are included in that. So don't worry, and don't go on begging people, remember me, remember me, remember me. Alright? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already taken care of that, and you are included in their du'as. Alright, next bab. Bab number five. Bab, at-tasfiq lin-nisa'. tasfiq Tasfiq is clapping lin-nisa' for women. And of course, what is meant is during salah. Meaning that if something happens, like for example, the imam needs to be corrected or there's something urgent, something very important and people are not really paying attention to that. So you want to bring their attention to that. So what would you do? As a woman, you would clap. And for men, uh, they're required to say tasbih. Right. Now remember that this is for salah. Okay? This does not mean That men are prohibited from clapping, period Right? Or women are prohibited from saying tasbih No This is regarding salah In salah If a woman is praying salah And she needs to bring people's attention to something Then she's supposed to clap And if a man is praying And he needs to bring people's attention to something Then he will say tasbih All right so this is not about general rules in life. This is specifically with regards to salah. So this does not mean that men cannot clap and women cannot say tasbih. Alright? What's the hadith? Haddathana علي بن عبد الله Haddathana Sufyan Haddathana Zuhri عن أبي Salama عن أبي Hurairata رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that at للرجال والتصفيق للنساء Tasbih is for men and clapping is for women. Again, this is specifically about salah. Haddathana yahya akbarana wakir an Sufyan, an Abi Hazim, an Sahl ibn Sa'din, radiyallahu anhu. Qala Qala Nabi sallallahu alayhi sallam, The Prophet sallallahu alayhi sallam said, At tasbihu Rijal, wat tasfihu Nisa. Tasbih is for men and tasfih is for women. So, same hadith with slightly different wording. In one narration, we have the word tasfiq. In another narration, we have the word tasfiq. Both mean the same thing. Clapping. Right? Now the question is how to clap. How to clap. So, for example, as a woman, you're standing in the masjid, you're praying, and, uh, you realize that the imam has made a mistake in the recitation. Nobody corrected him. So, you need to clap. Now, how will you clap? Some said that you have to strike the back of the right hand on the palm of the left So back of the right hand On the palm of the left Alright Another said that no there is no prescribed way A clap is a clap however you do it Alright so whether you do it the normal way all right, the usual way The way that you are accustomed to Or the way that I just described The back of the right hand on the palm of the left Both are permissible Now the question is Why why clapping for women Why I mean If men are required to say Subhanallah To correct the imam Or to draw his attention Or to draw somebody else's attention To something important Why can't women do the same thing Right? Why Now First of all To answer this question Remember that This is with regards to A prayer In congregation Alright In which there are men and women Who are non-mahram to each other so a large gathering, all right? Not a small living room, jamaah. Right, you're talking about something in the masjid or something in a local community event or something like that. So what's happening now is that there's lots of men, right, in the first few rows, and then the women are in the back, right? Now if a woman were to say Subhanallah from the back row, who would hear her in the front? Who would? Nobody would, right? So in this situation. If a woman was to clap, yes the clap would be heard. And if she were to say subhanallah, that might not be heard. The sound may not reach the imam. Right? Secondly, for a woman to say subhanallah out loud, she would be shy. Right? Many women are shy. I'm not saying men are not shy. They are also shy. But in general, this is what we see. That women feel extra shy in the presence of men. Right? So she might be shy to say subhanAllah, to raise her voice. So if she claps, you know, nobody will know who clapped or or who she is, right? Thirdly, some have said that if a woman was to say subhanAllah, right, out loud, this might be a fitna for the man, all right? Might be, okay? This does not mean that a woman's voice is aura. Right some people use this to say that look a woman's voice is aura aura meaning something that has to be covered so they say that a woman's voice should not be heard by non mahram men no there is nothing like that but what happens is that if something is concealed right and then it becomes exposed like for example you don't know that there's a gift for example all right and then you find out That somebody did bring a gift Alright So Now that you know that there is a gift Sitting in your living room You're curious What's inside You, You see what happens with children Right They're given a gift And they don't wait To even ask their parents What do they do They instantly just open it up Right The presence of the gift In itself is a distraction Right So I mean for men who are praying in the front, yes, they know there are women praying behind them. And now, all of a sudden, a woman says Subhanallah. All right. So now the guy, you know, he's trying to focus in the salah, but he's going to wonder who was she. All right. It's going to be some kind of a distraction for him. Not because, you know, there's some problem with him. No, this is something very natural. I mean, you're curious, especially if the voice comes from behind you. Right? And it's the opposite gender. There is some kind of distraction. So this is a, an explanation that some scholars have given. That um, uh, just to allow people to focus better. This is a solution that a woman will correct the imam. But she will clap so that the clap is heard. There is nothing preventing her from correcting the imam. She might be shy to say subhanallah. But with the clapping there is no shyness. And also remember that other scholars have said that if a woman is praying salah around other women or mahram men. So for example, you're doing the living room jamaah where your father is leading and your brothers are standing and you you are also standing there, your mom is standing there. It's all family. Then in this case, if the imam has to be corrected or there's something urgent like for example, children are running out of the house or a child is about to you know, he's running with a knife or something and nobody noticed it and you noticed it during your salah. So you can say subhanallah. As a woman, you can say subhanallah. So they say that clapping is for when there is a big jamara, Alright? Or clapping is for when there are non-mahram present. But otherwise, can a woman say subhanallah to correct the imam or to draw people's attention? Yes, she can. So they said that clapping is specific to certain Contexts, certain situations Right Now also remember one more thing We learned from this hadith is Issue of clapping Right, people are very uh, Unsure about the issue of clapping Some people are like, you know, there's no harm Clap all you want, as much as you want And others, are, you know, we think that maybe It's best not to clap Or it's righteous to not clap So, you know, we're confused About this issue personally i have struggled with this issue and i have been confused because this is what i was told that you know when somebody does something good you don't clap you just say takbir and the explanation that is given is that in the quran the mushrikeen are criticized for clapping that kana illa mukaan wa tasdiya. that their prayer in the house of allah is nothing except whistling and clapping right so that is what they would do so from this they say that okay if the mushrikeen were criticized for their clapping we should also not clap But we see over here that a woman is instructed to clap during prayer, right, to draw people's attention. If the act of clapping was forbidden, then it would be certainly forbidden in salah. If it would be non-righteous, then again, it would not be permissible during salah. Correct? So the fact that a woman is to clap during salah, shows that clapping in and of itself is not evil. It's the reason why people are clapping that makes the clapping evil or good. So for example, if somebody trips and hurts themselves, and there you start clapping and laughing, you know, some people start doing that, that as they're laughing, they start clapping also. Would this be good? No. This is mocking someone, insulting them, embarrassing them, So this kind of clapping is certainly not good. In the house of Allah, where we are supposed to be focusing on salah, on dhikr, and if people start clapping over there and dancing, that's not a place of clapping and dancing. This is why the mushrikeen were criticized for clapping in the house of Allah, because they made worship as a festival. So this is why they were criticized. But if you are clapping because you are happy for someone, Somebody said something very encouraging, somebody said something very positive, you know, in front of hundreds of people, and you clap because you agree with them, you're supporting them. There's nothing wrong with that because it is for a good reason, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. So clapping in and of itself, not evil. What matters is why a person is clapping. Now, some people, they use this hadith and they said that, well, clapping is for women, so men should not clap. Because the Prophet said a tafsīq lil nisa. But then, if you're using this logic, then you should also say that tasbih is for men, not for women. But that's not the case. The Prophet himself taught his wife Juhayrah رضي الله عنها, right, to say Subhanallah wa bihamdhi adadakhalqihi wa ridha nafsihi wa zina tarshii wa midadakrimatihi, right. Three times in the morning And that would bring her so much reward So Tasbih is for men and for women Just like that Clapping is for men and for women This is instruction regarding salah So it should not be generalized Right